Every company has one. The place where the hats with the wrong logo are hidden from sight. The empty office where the bags that miss the event date are banished. The storage room where the shirts with the smeared imprints are entombed. It's called the Closet of Shame. And every promotional products distributor has a story about making an unwanted contribution. In this podcast, those stories will be shared and the impact on the client relationship will be explored. The Closet of Shame is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's your host, Bill Petrie. And welcome to this episode of Closet of Shame. I am your host, Bill Petrie, with Promo Corner, and I have a fantastic guest that I'm going to get to in a minute, but I would be remiss if I didn't thank our terrific sponsor in Citadel Brands. And so out there in podcast land, if you're looking for fantastic apparel that's specifically made for printing and embellishing, and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you be? Look no further than our friends at Citadel Brands. They have a 100% cotton face on all of their fleece garments, and they're designed for that branding, that decoration that your clients are going to love. Their goal is pretty simple. They want to be the canvas that expresses the thoughts and ideas of your customers. So if you want to learn more, and again, why wouldn't you, head over to citadelbrands.com. You won't be sorry that you did. Now, my guest today is actually a friend of mine. It's someone I worked with uh, back in my days at Summit Marketing Group. And it's Michael Harper, who is now CEO of Summit Marketing Group. He has been in the industry 14 years, or if you want to consider it 38, since he's kind of been born in the industry. Um, you can count a couple different ways, but he's been, spent 12 years in sales, and last two, he has been CEO of Summit Group. Third generation of business in the industry, and he is a great guy, happy husband, father of three kids, five, three, and one. And as we record this, it's the first week of kindergarten, so your bride must be feeling a little bit of relief as um, your five-year-old goes to kindergarten. So she only has two at home and not all three. Sad, probably sad and happy at the same time. Absolutely, but probably erring on the happy side. I, I can understand that. My We have twins, as you know, and Sandy, my wife, always says that third one would have put her in a mental institution. <laughs> She's probably right. Yeah. It doesn't say much for us. No, no. I'm surprised I'm not considered the third kid that puts her in the mental institution, quite frankly. <laughs> there you go. Mr. Harper, thank you so much for being on here. I really appreciate it. Oh, so, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So as you know, the podcast is really about when promo goes wrong. Things tend to go wrong in our industry. I always like to joke there are about 86 opportunities for failure on any given order, given the level of customization and how many hands have to touch each order for it to be produced. And I know, given your vast experience in the industry at Summit Group, do you have a story you'd like to share about when promo went wrong? Well, first, let me say, Bill, you've this invitation uh, brought upon just hours of joy as I went back <laughs> to my back to my team, both you know previous and uh, even going further into the past. To really solicit, hey, who's got the best story for this? And so <laughs> that's a great approach. <laughs> we were effectively let people relive nightmares who no longer even work with us, and they were just loved recalling some of this stuff. <laughs> well, tell us one. We're all waiting. Sure. So one of my favorites is we did a a mailing for an mm -hmm. event. We mailed out a deck of custom cards mm -hmm. for an event that was going to be happening in Vegas as part of an invitation. And so we had these custom cards produced and we told the client, you know what, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of everything. We're going to, you get us the list. We're going to take care of the mailing. We'll handle it all. Because that's what you do, right? Because You're... that's what we do. And I shrewdly, for the last time, 
we put on the label so it said and we'll say look like it's coming from you client your name will be your return address will be there off we go so we did these produced these cards and i got a call they dropped in the mail several days later a call from the client saying we got a problem oh boy that's never a good way to start off a phone conversation that's never a great way to i said you must have the wrong number it's kind of like yeah it's kind of like when your boss says hey walk with me for a little bit (laughs) yeah should i stop saying that (laughs) (laughs) so they said we got a problem um we're getting droves of these dimensional mailings back Mm -hmm. all to the return address and we're looking to who they're sent to and they're not even the people aren't at the right addresses so after a little bit of research we determined that someone their mailing spreadsheet wasn't correct someone on our end Mm -hmm. was trying to be helpful and said let us get this let us fix it and they basically resorted everything for them to put it you know lower their postage rate but they didn't sort all of the columns and so it was going to you know bill petrie at promo corner but it was going to my address oh no no so, no no hundreds so every of, single one every single one was wrong every single one was wrong there's not one in there that was that could have been right not even by stupid luck you know there was probably one delivered and somewhere towards the end of the story someone got three of these things oh my gosh so, so what was your first reaction when you realized the mistake i mean because that's that's one of those moments where your heart just sinks right because you it's it's one of the best and worst things okay at least i know what the problem is but oh my gosh i know what the problem is and you know how deep it is yeah it's not great right no. i mean your first reaction is this is catastrophic right. um it's for an event so time is ticking sure the once you catch your breath, you say, okay, we can solve this, mm-hmm. right? Let me get this back. I'll take everything back from you. You don't worry about a thing. So what, what, real quick, if I can just interject, what was the client's level of frustration? Because they had to – I assume you communicated it to them what was, what was wrong. Did, did you let them know what had happened or were you just in, I'm going to take care of it mode and we'll do a post-mortem later? No, we were pretty honest about, listen, okay. someone was trying to help. They made a mistake and sorted it. So, right. by the way, it's not just a handful. You're going to get all of these back. <laughs> yeah. So apologize to your mailroom for me. Right. Uh, so we then you jump on, okay, I can actually solve it. Hey, good news is none of these delivered properly, right? Mm-hmm. Let's call it a false start. Only the client knows. They don't have egg on their face. Right. Let's get this back. Got it all back, had to have some reproduced, packaging reproduced, obviously redo the mailing. We get this, you know, we're humming. We get this thing out. Had to be within seven days or something. We were able to get everything back out. And I assume you're up against a deadline too. So you really had to get jamming on this. Because ideally those invitations arrive before the event. Yeah, that's generally generally... how how that's supposed to work, right? Well, it boosts attendance, so I'm told. It will boost attendance. That's that's the whole idea. So we, you know, this has been a couple, few years, but so we get this back within a week. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, boom, back out. The mailing goes back out. And so no problem. Client's grateful. We've solved it. Here we go. Mail drops. I would say two days later, client calls and says, you're not going to believe this. Oh, no. You're kidding. But we're getting droves of packages back. Oh, And no. so... Okay, let me run down, get to the client, what's happening here? Well, it turns out that the mailhouse had used new software, and that software had left the company name off of every address. So half the packages 
were returned to sender. Oh my gosh. So talk about a snake bit order. I mean, you have to, at that point, everyone involved just has to think there's no way this is ever going to get fixed. And the client is probably going to hate us forever. Yeah. There's not a ton of good feeling around. Luckily we had a great relationship with the client, but there was a lot of, I honestly, I'm out of, you know. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, it sounds like just the way you're telling the story, the the client was almost uh, laughing. Almost, you know, they're patient with you, but I'm sure they're getting frustrated. But it sounds like they were very understanding. Yeah, certainly the first time. I, I <laughs> how, think how about the second time? The second time, it's amazing. You start to run out of runway on their patience a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, you do. You certainly start to call competence into question. Yeah, you can you can outkick your coverage on that pretty quick. <laughs> Absolutely. So we, in the end, you know what? We did right by the client. We effectively got everyone that came back because some of them were delivered. Everyone that right. came back was repackaged. We actually worked. We ate overnight UPS freight on every single package that needed to go back out. Right. And so that the invitations were received at least within two to three days of where they needed to be. So certainly in the end, it was we were able to salvage it, but... But what a lot of stress in, in, you know, what, what I loved hearing your story and it's kind of a common theme as I do these podcasts, it's the importance of being, not only being in constant communication with the client, right? I, I'm a big believer clients don't expect perfect, but they do expect honesty, yes. right? But you take it to a different level and one that I love, it's being transparent. It's not, Hey, we screwed up. We're going to fix it. It's, Hey, we screwed up. Here's exactly what happened. And here's what we're going to do to fix it. And I think when you communicate that, you end up really earning a higher degree of trust with the client because you, you, you fall on your sword so, for lack of a better term, so violently and so honestly, so transparently. Yeah, absolutely. You make the argument said, hey, you know, we're borderline incompetent, but hey, are we honest? You know? <laughs> well, hey, look, I would rather deal with someone who's honest. And, and <laughs> I would because at least I know what I'm going to get. In, in knowing you and knowing the company, you know, transparent, being a transparency, I worked at Summit Group for three years. And I've worked with you and, and worked with a lot of the people who are not named, but I know I could probably guess who some of these folks are. And all uh, great people and that always overrides mistakes because people still like to buy from people they know, like, and trust. And you can screw up. If you do things right and you're honest about it, when you do screw up, you can withdraw from that emotional bank a little bit. Absolutely, Bill. And I, and I think, you know, listen, everyone has their struggles, right? And mm-hmm. one of the things that we've done right here, traditionally over the years, and the reason we've kept clients for decades on end mm-hmm. is that level of trust and transparency, right? You're, you're right. And again, and, I, I, you, I know you have the same philosophy. Clients aren't always right, but they're always first. They're exactly. always first. That's a great way of saying it. Right? Well, because sadly, the clients are wrong most of the time, but <laughs> but they're but they're always first. They're always yeah. first. I would never admit that on a recorded call, Bill. I, no. Well, thankfully, we're not recording. <laughs> but if you're listening, the client's always right, except <laughs> when you're wrong. So out of all of that, what did you learn? What was your big takeaway? So you solved the problem. You, you, I, you, you saved the client in the long term. Are you still working with them? Yeah. Well, they were actually purchased. Okay. So, so, um, so maybe the they're not. But contacts have lived on, and that's really the important part. Absolutely it is because that, that spreads the business around. So you, you, you save the relationship, let's put it that way. Absolutely. Um, and what, after, when it was all said and done and you have an order like that that's a completely snake bit, 
What did you learn from it? Like, what was your takeaway after all this? Was it just, man, that was an order that was just destined to go south just because it was going to go south? Or did you have a, a key learning that you took away and, and then maybe applied to uh, future orders so that things like that wouldn't happen again? You know, uh, there's several learnings, some more tactical than others. Uh, but just from the overall perspective, I mean, you realize how important attention to detail is in our industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when people look at it and you're like, how hard can it be to put an imprint on a pen, right? Oh, let so, me tell you how complicated we can make that. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> you really don't. I had someone on this podcast a few weeks ago, and he was new. He was talking, telling a story, and we all have great stories from when we were first in the industry. And he was told to uh, print something on a dark blue shirt. He's like, okay, dark blue just generic dark blue and of course you can do the math on how sideways that went because it wasn't the right dark blue and he didn't know to ask right so you know certainly that we all know is important and secondly yep. i think what really came out of this for me was just the importance of relationships in yeah. the industry right mm -hmm. not only with your clients but distributors are only as good as suppliers and vice versa yeah so no. uh, I think we all make mistakes and the ability to solve those mistakes without picking up the phone, screaming, trying to bite someone's heads off, you know, we're all partners in this yeah. and communication is key. And that partnership is really above any one client. It, it really is. And I do think, you know, as I, I look at the world around us, I do think our industry, the promotional products industry is might be the last great relationship business because you're taking something that's so personal to someone and their logo, it's their brand, it's their name, it's their baby, whatever moniker you want to put on it, and you're putting it on something. And so when you screw it up, it's like someone misspelling your name. It's almost offensive. And that that's a very personal thing that's uh, very relational. No, you're absolutely right. And it is one of those things where in the marketing mix, it falls generally far down, right? There's yep. relatively a junior person in marketing handling it. Yep. But We've worked with Fortune 100 companies where the CEO is like, ah, I don't love that pen. Let's change pens. Yeah, it's an, it's an industry where the most junior of people are responsible for it, but the most senior of people have the most ridiculous opinions about the final product. <laughs> Absolutely. I always like to tell people when I, you know, explaining our industry is that we're in the oh shit of marketing, the oh shit, we've got an event in two weeks. What are we giving out? <laughs> Exactly. I always think what's telling is how many people, you know, college marketing majors, would mm -hmm. you go and tell them about this industry and then say, I had no idea that existed. Exactly. You know, and it, it's, it's like the shoelace industry. Is there a shoelace industry? Like, do they have trade shows and stuff? I have no idea. God, me... they got to be a good time. Oh, they talk aglets and all sorts of things, you know, what the, what the next technology is. So let me ask you this. What's the one piece of advice? Because you, you said some great stuff, and I think I know what you might say. But what's the one piece of advice you'd give a, descript, a distributor who is responsible for screwing up an order, but they really want to save the client? What's that one piece of advice you would give them? Oh, one piece of advice. Because uh, I have so many to give. Um, you can give five. You can give 20. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. We're pretty loose here in the closet. Yeah, okay. Sure. So it's not a strict. So, uh, no. you know, we've always viewed this. And I think what I grew my business largely through referrals because I hated right. cold calling. So uh, I think in the end, people sometimes get bogged down, like you said, and who's right. Mm -hmm. Right. In the end, it really doesn't matter. Nope. Right. The client's happy or they're not happy. And the clients that you can bail out of bad situations, especially when they helped make those situations, mm -hmm. are the ones that will be with you for life. So, right. you know, I guess if you'd encapsulate it, it's 
do whatever you need to do to make it right, whether or not that costs you money in the short term or not. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And you know, it's something I learned very early on when I started off in the industry is, you know, at the moment something goes wrong and emotions are high because they can be, as you know, again, it's somebody's name. It's something very personal to them. When something goes wrong, that's not the moment to get cheap. That's not the moment to be slow. That's not the moment to have a casual attitude for it. That's the moment to empathize. That's the moment to reassure them that I'm going to take care of this. I'll figure out what happened later. And But right now, just let me know, let you know I'm taking care of this. We're going to get your stuff on time or we're going to do whatever we can. And the other thing is, I, I and, and I know you, you believe this too, I don't tell people what I can't do. I tell them what I can do. There's nothing more frustrating when someone's upset with you than you telling them what you can't do. They already know what you can't do. Tell them what you can do. And I think an important corollary to this, Bill, is that, you know, when you're talking to these clients, show that you care, right? Yep. Show that you care what happens to them. Because oftentimes, like we talked about, it is a junior member of marketing. Absolutely. Who is going to get a black eye, right? Mm -hmm. Because no one wants to pay attention to the giveaways until they don't show up. Then it's someone's problem. Exactly. And, and they're a low-level marketing assistant, perhaps. And we get to go home at night. It's not the biggest, you know, it sucks, certainly, but it's going to be okay. That that might be their livelihood. And and I think, you know, I agree with you. It's that moment to care, that moment to empathize. I always say, I, I don't hire people for um, technical skills. I assume they can do the job if I'm talking to them. But, uh, or, or if they don't have the technical skills, I can teach that to mm-hmm. them. I can't teach people to care. And so I want people to absolutely care about the client at all times. Yeah. And what you'll find is, when you care just as much, if not more, than the client, they become a lot more forgiving and a lot more willing to work with you. Well, absolutely. When you go, when you tell them, and, and when you're proactive, and you say, here's what happened, terribly sorry, this is going to happen again, we feel horrible about it, it disarms people. Mm-hmm. It absolutely, really does. They're gearing up for a fight on how yeah. they, you know, get it to work. No question, no question. Great stuff. One last question for you. Sure. You've been in this business for a lifetime. What is the worst piece of client merchandise you've ever seen that you could not believe was either produced or you knew when you saw it that's not going to end well? <laughs> yeah. So that's a big question. It uh, is a big question. There's a lot of stuff. I-, I will say the I don't know about the worst, but I keep something with me. So something that I produced back okay. in the day that just is I like to think of it as a humbling you know, Uh-oh. a they, reminder, they, a humbling <laughs> reminder, because there's sometimes when, you know, you're having great days, you're selling a lot or you're making big, you're, you're, you begin to get full of yourself, right? Yeah. You think you're a titan of industry or something. <laughs> I once produced, Bill, uh, doggy bandanas for a pet hospital. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So uh, that's, I keep this doggy bandana. I'm staring at it right now. Oh, that's it great. stays in my office. And it's basically a real bandana cut in half with the scissors uh, that they put on all the dogs as they leave the kennel. That but is so great. That just when I think, you know, hey, I'm going places, I remember... Really, I'm just producing doggy bandanas. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You remind me a lot of your dad. And, and, <laughs> and one of the lessons I always took from your dad when I my time at Summit Group, I would have, you know, I had a lot of one-on-one conversations with your dad and working on specific projects. And I, I'll never forget, he had this very, just like you, very down-to-earth, humble nature. And, and I'm sure your dad still says this from time to time. We don't have problems big enough that a million-dollar balloon order wouldn't fix. <laughs> 
I'm sure you've heard that a dozen times. That is one of his favorites. His other one, you know, when people ask, you know, what we do, as opposed Mm -hmm. to trying to explain this industry, is just to say, we're purveyors of happiness. Yes. That's our job, right? You know, we're delivering smiles. So between million-dollar balloon orders and purveying happiness, that's mainly how I fill my days. And that's how you avoid clients' closets of shame, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, again, I want to thank our sponsor, Citadel Brands, and they will always ensure that your promo you sell never ends up in a client's closet of shame. They have that custom apparel that's specifically made for printing and decorating your client's brand, and they will be sure to love it and wear it for years and years. Head over to citadelbrands.com to learn more. MJ, always, always, always good to talk to you. This was a lot of fun. I hope you had a good time. Absolutely, Bill. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening to The Closet of Shame. The Closet of Shame is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing and media for the promotional products industry. 